All right, well, we are uh, in a series uh, called Weird, and for those visiting, uh, what we've been doing is uh, looking at um, how culture is, and that's kind of normal, right? Most of the people are kind of normal over here, uh, but we Christians are called to a higher level living, something bigger than ourselves, and uh, a lot of times because of that, uh, the folks out here that are normal the majority will look at us few and say, man, those people are weird. Thank you. Good. They're weird, right? And uh, so we just got to come to grips with our our weirdness. And so each week we've been looking at different things that God calls us to, to be in contrast with normal and to just be empowered to live weird, right? And so we've been moving along. Last week we talked about priorities. And uh, so this week we're going to get uh, more, even more specific about some life experience for us, and we're going to talk about uh, work and purpose, work and purpose. And a good thing for us to talk about, because a lot of us do this thing uh, called work, right? So let me just get to work and uh, roll up my sleeves here, right? Uh, in fact, I, uh, I, did the, I did the math uh, on this thing, and uh, if you work uh, 40 hours uh, a week, and you do that for 50 weeks a year, so we're going to give you a couple weeks vacation in there, right? So if you work 40 hours a week, and you do that for 50 weeks a year, and you do that for 40 years, it means you're going to be in the work environment for 80,000 hours. Sound like a lot of time? Yeah, some people are going, oh my, (laughs) right? Seriously, I spend that much time? Yes, that's right, right? So because it consumes so much of our time, it's important for us as Christ followers to understand uh, what is this experience? I mean, what should be our attitude? What, what should be our approach and our, our understanding of why we even do this stuff called work that consumes so much of our time? And the challenge for us today is going to be don't think normal. Don't think normal because normal has an attitude about work. And I would guess most of us would probably agree that you go out there in the culture and you say, so what do you think about work? People would say something like, necessary evil. Right? I mean, a lot of folks are just there, right? And we'll, we'll see some other places too. Uh, the challenge for us as, as Christ followers is um, we have a God who works. We have a working God. Which, that's a weird concept, right? We have a working God, that our God is a, a God who goes to work, right? Not only goes to work with us, but goes to work in creation, goes to work the experience of being God every single day. And we can go back into Genesis 2, and we can see creation. It says, so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God finished his... Yeah, the word is work. He finished his work. I helped you out. I underlined it. When we get there, shout it out. You ready? Finished his work of creation. So he rested from all thanks. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all of creation. Right. So you get the point, right? Our God is a working God, right? Our God is a working God. Praise God. Our God is a working God. You see, I want a working God. You see, I need a working God in my life, right? When, when I'm in the hospital and I'm preparing for major surgery and I'm praying to God and I'm saying, God, it could really use 
your presence here for some patience and some courage and some for peace. And by the way, those doctors and nurses, if you could just kind of put a little Holy Spirit on them for healing and all that good stuff. I don't want God to come back and say, oh, sorry, just punched out. Not on the clock. Sorry. Right? I mean, we, we need, we want our God to be a working God. Right? And the good news, he is. The challenging news, because our God is a working God, we were created to be a reflection of our God. That means we, by our created wiring, were created for the gift of work. You go back into that Genesis experience, God created Adam and Eve as part of his work, and then it says what? He put the man in the Garden of Eden to care for it, and work it. See, from the beginning, work has been something that God has gifted us so that we can be a co-worker with Him. Now, that's weird. Did you get that? That's weird, because what do we say normal kind of looks at? Normal kind of looks at work and says necessary evil, Right? We just said, no, wait a minute, this, here's weird. Weird is we understand we have a God who is a working God. We're a reflection of that God. And work is an absolute gift that God invites us into so that we can be co-workers with him. Scripture takes work really seriously. I'm going to show you some verses this morning that are kind of in-your-face stuff. They're pretty hard in-your-face stuff. And we won't follow them all the way, but just to give you a sense of how serious Scripture takes work. Uh, this comes out of Ephesians 4. It says, if you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others. Does Scripture take work seriously? Absolutely. Paul's saying, listen, this is what we're supposed to do. It is a gift so that we can be co-workers with God in this experience of the world. Our work is about something bigger than ourselves. What's the problem? The problem for us is when God put Adam and Eve in the garden to work it, he was living in harmony with them and everything was good. And then they got selfish. And then they decided everything ought to be about themselves. And when they started thinking everything ought to be about themselves, they took and they ate that apple. And all of a sudden, everything changed including the gift of work. Everything that was a gift got tarnished, including the gift of work. And so you can see in Genesis, after they rebelled against God, it says, And to the man he said, Since you listened to your wife and you ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you'll struggle to scratch a living. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you'll eat of its grains by the sweat of your brow will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. What's going to happen? The gift of being a co-worker with God is now tarnished by toil. Hence, we get the experience of normal. Of normal. What's normal? Normal is to somehow think that work is only about us. That work is just about making sure that I can earn enough income 
to take care of my family and to take care of all my wants and all my needs. Or work gets tarnished and we convince ourselves that it's more important for us to work than it is to be engaged in the life of our kids. And so we miss soccer games and piano recitals and ballet lessons and all the other stuff. But we convince ourselves it's because I'm responsible to work. Or we think about work and work takes over our life and we give it so many hours so that it takes over our calendars and we even use it so that we have to work so we can avoid being home and dealing with the issues that are in our relationships at home. And we say, well, I'm doing it for you, honey. It's work. That's normal. That's normal. In a lot of our world, that simply is where most people are. That work is all about themselves and providing for themselves their wants and their needs, avoiding the issues they want to avoid. They make work tarnished by selfishness. And that is so normal. Do you know people like that? Nobody knows another person like that. Right? It's out there. More people convince themselves about work, right? And work takes over their thoughts and their emotions and their thinking so that even when they are home, they aren't home. Wives, don't nudge your husbands in that statement there, right? And that's normal. The trouble is, God didn't create work for that normal. Normal. That's not why He made it. That's when work becomes crushing. If you look at um, what the Egyptians did with God's people, they took work and they turned it into crushing labor, right? So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. Normal is work becoming a crushing labor in your life. It wasn't given for that. That's not what it's supposed to be about. If you go into Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes looks at normal. And and I think as you hear Ecclesiastes today, you will think about people who live this way. And you may even look in the mirror on this one. Look what Ecclesiastes says about that normal attitude about work. You ready? Ecclesiastes says, I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and by planting beautiful vineyards. Oh, I made gardens and parks, filled them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. I bought slaves, both men and women. Others were born into my household. I also owned large herds and flocks, more than any of the kings who ever lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and had many beautiful nights. Boy, this guy knows how to party. So I became greater than all those who had lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. Is this normal? Look at our culture. Think about people you know. It's all about them. The work is all about them. 
That's what he says. Next line. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labors. What was work about for him? Just him. It's just about him. That's it. That's normal. It's just about me. That's it. That's normal. Look what he finds out. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so what? Wow. Like chasing the wind, there was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. If that's your attitude about work, you're normal. The trouble is, you're spending your time on worthlessness. If that's where you are with work, that's normal. The trouble is, it's ultimately worthless. In contrast, we're called to be weird. And weird, weird goes back to that Genesis experience and understands we have the incredible gift of something bigger than ourselves, including our work, so that we are co-workers with God. That is our first job. We are co-workers with God, which means our work has something bigger than ourselves and a purpose greater than ourselves. We have purposed work. Purposed work. Purpose for what? First, it's purpose for provision for the vision. Now, we all agree work accomplishes provision, right? It's good. Provides for our families, provides for everything we need and more. It's about provision, absolutely. But when you're weird and you look at work as purposed, it's not just about provision, it's also about a vision, something greater than just provision. Look at what Scripture says. This is Ecclesiastes again. He looks at it all, he says, What do people really get for all their hard work? So I concluded there's nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves for as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. Here's the key. Your job is not yours. It is a gift that God gives you. That's weird. That's weird. Our work isn't about us. It's not ours. It is a gift that God gives us for the opportunity of not just provision, but also for vision. Work is important. We get that. We know that. Look at Thessalonians. Even while we're with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Are we serious about work? Sure, absolutely. Look at this one. Those who won't care for their relatives, especially those of their own household, have been denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. That's hard-nosed stuff, right? Our work is important because it's about something bigger. Here it is again. Look at Ephesians 4 again. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good work and then do what? Give generously to the needs of others, right? To others in need. What just happened in that verse? Work became a gift about something bigger than ourselves. It became about not just provision, but about what? A vision of what God can do through our work. That through that, God can indeed 
influence the lives of others. That's why God, when he finished looking at everything he made, he looked at it all and he said, hey, this is really good stuff. This is really good stuff. Even the work thing. Even the work thing is really good stuff. Why? Because it gives us self-value, but it also gives us significance. Not significance in title, right? That's what normal is. You ever be with folks and you've, you've started this conversation, you, the first time you've met them, and somewhere almost, you know, in the ter- first two minutes of the conversation, what question gets asked? So, what do you do? What's the question? It's trying to make a significance question based on what you do, right? That's not the way it is. We're weird. That's not what it is for us. We're significant not based on what we do, but on our character and the influence we have for the kingdom of heaven. That's our significance. It's not the job title. It's the gift of what we do in and through the job that creates significance. Did you follow that? That's weird. Think about that. That's weird. It's not about the job title. It's about something bigger than ourselves. It's the significance of what we can accomplish as a co-worker with Christ. Give you an example. Leviticus 23. It's a great verse. This is about how, you, how in the Old Testament they were mandated to provide influence and significance by what they did in providing for the poor, right? So it says, When you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your field, and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. Leave it for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. So what were they supposed to do? They weren't supposed to do, do their job, so it was all about them where they would harvest every piece of grain possible. What were they supposed to do? Their job was about something bigger than themselves. And so, yes, harvest your grain, but make sure you leave some grain around the edges. And if you drop some, leave it. Don't pick it up. Why? Because it's not about you. It's about something bigger than you. Because through your job, God is going to influence in this verse a whole bunch of poor people because they're going to be able to come and work and glean the grain. You see how the job became a place of significance and influence? That's weird. That's not normal. That's weird thinking because it means we go back to being a co-worker with God through us, through even our jobs. He accomplishes We can see other uh, passages where that happens. I'll just throw this one up real quick. This is where he chooses a couple guys to build a tabernacle. And so he chooses them, and he chooses the gift of their labor for the purpose of building the tabernacle. Here's the question. Is it possible that God has put you in the place that you work for something bigger than just yourself and your provision? Or has God put you in the place where you work for a bigger vision of what he can do there through you? That's going to change how you go to work tomorrow, isn't it? That's going to change how you go to work tomorrow. Because you begin to see that purposed work, our work is our mission field. 
That's our mission field. Remember, how many thousand hours do we spend in that place? 80,000 hours. That's our mission field. Paul says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just while they're watching you. Serve them sincerely because you reverently fear the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do. Why? As though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is who? That's weird. That's weird. That means you are a co-worker with Christ. You are a co-worker with Christ. And whatever place he has positioned you in, sure, it will provide provision, but it's about something bigger, a bigger vision of what God can do in and through our work and where we are. And when we're on the job, we're on the job working for him. It's something bigger. It's something greater than ourselves. Normal is work all about us. Weird says work is a gift all about him. Weird is a gift. Weird says it's all about him. Now here's the kicker. Some of you out there are going like, you know, this has been an easy Sunday because I'm retired. Right? I'm getting there. I understand it. Right? So somebody just like clocked out like, you know, 20 minutes ago. All right, wake up. Wake up. Because here's the deal. Here's what's really weird. Here's what's really weird about this whole work thing. There's no retirement. There's no retirement. When, when you understand work as that gift that allows you to be a co-worker with Christ and that work is your mission field, there will always be work and there will always be a mission field. Now, I'm not saying you don't retire from your job. What I'm saying is you don't retire from working for Christ. Some of you retired people out there, you need to come out of retirement. You need to come out of retirement. Get back in the business of working for Christ. Some of you out there are struggling because you can't find a job. That's all right. You got a job. It may struggle right now in terms of provision, but it never will struggle in terms of vision. Take hold of the vision part first, and God will lead you to the provision part. You got to be able to understand how weird you are. And word says we're always on the job. We're always on the job. Because our lives are about something bigger than ourselves. Just like Jesus. Look what he says, John 4. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Did Jesus ever retire from accomplishing what the Father sent him to accomplish? Absolutely not. There is no retirement. There's no retirement. Work is this incredible gift that makes us a co-worker and it makes our jobs about something bigger than ourselves. That's normal, selves. 
it makes it something bigger than ourselves so that it's provision, but it's also vision. And God may have you right now in the place you need to be because you have a mission field. You have a mission field. And that is the place of your significance, not by your job title, but what you do for the cause of Christ in the lives of others. And for that, there is no retirement. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We thank you that uh, you value us so much that you would make us uh, co-workers with you. That you would lift us up out of our own selfishness and even those things that get marred in the world that you could recreate them to be opportunities. And so we ask today, fill us with such enthusiasm that we could be kingdom workers. Fill us with such desire to see the bigger vision of what you can do right where we are in that place of our work to make significance for the cause of Christ. And thanks for the provision. Thanks for the provision. For those who are struggling to find it, open up that door of opportunity. For those that are retired, help them see there's still more to do for the kingdom. And lead us down that path where our lives will always be significant for the kingdom. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen.